Uh, you have your Bible. Go ahead and turn to Matthew 12. Um, we're going to look at several verses in Proverbs first, but we're going to end up reading a, a pretty good portion from Matthew chapter 12. And when we get to Matthew 12, you will know that it is toward the end of the sermon. So if you're wondering how long it's going to be, since I don't have a watch, you will know that if we get to Matthew 12, we are in uh, the, the last lap of the race. So we're doing a series on gossip. There are two kinds of uh, pulpit anxiety that I experience, and I may have told you this before. One of them is, is this, this idea that I have that I, I'm not quite sure I can get you all, the congregation, to see just how relevant the topic is, or the text in some cases. I want you to see that it impacts your lives, that it affects your everyday existence, and sometimes I'm worried I won't be able to communicate that. There's another kind of pulpit anxiety on the opposite end, and that's for the kind of sermon or series that is just so relevant and so practical that it hits too close to home. That's one of these. I'm not worried that people are going to leave tonight thinking, what in the world does this have to do with my Christian life? Not with this series. I'm worried you may leave and, and, and not come back next week to hear Pastor Tyler uh, do the, the second one. But uh, this does hit close to home for all of us. It could be one of those what Jerry Bridges called respectable sins. The sins we don't think of as sins. Gossip could be one of those. Gossip could well be called the sin that we forget is a sin, not because we never see it, but precisely because we see it so much. Not because it never comes out of our mouths or enters our ears, but precisely because it's always going in and out of our ears and mouths. It's one of those things where if you label it as a sin, then maybe the number of your sins you commit on a weekly basis is going to just ratchet up a lot. So you'd rather think of it as just one of those things humans do. After all, it's on social media. In fact, one of the reasons you may be addicted to social media, and we talked about uh, addictions when we did our series on the mind, one of the reasons you may be addicted to social media could actually be gossip. You may be not necessarily addicted to Twitter or Facebook, you may be addicted to gossip and not even realize it. We even hear it in church, not just social media, but even in church. How often have you, have you heard a brother or sister say, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but, and they go on and talk for a minute or five or ten. <laughs> they tell you what they claim they shouldn't. Or maybe a conversation begins this way. You know, friend, it's none of my business, but... And they tell you what's not their business and what's not your business. It doesn't stop you from talking about it. Have you heard the latest about this person or that person? And when we start sentences off that way, ears perk up. Our bodies may even physically lean in as we try to listen. Gossip is something we all experience. It's in the very air we breathe. So much though that some of us may be wondering if we can really survive without it. Would my speech and my conversations with others even be interesting, you've thought to yourself, if I had to make it gossip-proof? 
But the Bible does address this. This is not a gray area. There are gray areas in the Christian life because there's plenty of gray areas in the Bible. The Bible is not an answer book that answers everything you want to ask. The Bible raises its own questions and then answers those. But gossip is not a gray area, friends. It is not. It is a sin and it comes in black and white in multiple passages throughout God's word. And because scripture addresses it and addresses it so clearly, it's not one of those things we can treat as if it's not really a sin. Christians need to understand that we need to understand that getting rid of gossip, purifying our lives of gossip is one of the things the Holy Spirit is gonna be busy about doing in our lives as he seeks to make us more like Jesus. To grow spiritually, to grow in maturity as a follower of Christ means practicing gossip less. Not just lust, not just pride, not just hatred, but yes, gossip. Part of our growing in the character of Jesus means putting off things that don't characterize Jesus, you see. And gossip does not characterize Jesus. Now, here's where we're going to be in the next several weeks. Pastor Tyler and I are going to go back and forth as we go through the series. Tonight, I'm talking about this. What is gossip and why do we love it? Uh, In the future, we're going to talk about recognizing different kinds of gossip. That's going to be next week. There are different kinds of gossips. And you may identify with one personality or another. We're going to talk about those next week from the Bible. We're going to talk about how to resist the temptation to gossip, what to do to your brothers and sisters in Christ instead of gossiping about them, because there are options, and then finally, how to respond when you have been gossiped about. When you become one of the victims of gossip, how then are you supposed to handle that? So tonight, we're talking about this. What is gossip, and why do we love it? I said, I'm saying, why do we love it instead of why do we do it, because Christianity teaches that we do what we love. Your your problem with any sin is not just a behavioral issue, it's a love issue. We follow our desires. So in in coming into this world, in the person of Jesus, dying for our sin, and then beginning the salvation work in our hearts, God is not just interested in changing the outcome of our behaviors. That's not what God is doing in your heart as you come to church on Sunday and as you read your devotions and as you develop a prayer life. God is not just interested in changing your behaviors. God, in this sanctifying work that he does in our hearts, his interest is changing our desires. You know, we won't be sinning in heaven, but it's not because God won't let us. It's because we'll be the kinds of people who don't want to anymore. I mean, if heaven was a place where your deepest, darkest desires were constantly being blocked, really wouldn't it be that enjoyable. But the, heaven is not so great because God doesn't allow those things to happen. Heaven is going to be great because by the time we get there, we're going to be transformed, friends, into the kinds of people who don't want to do those things anymore. We gossip like we do other sins. We gossip because we love it. We speak it because we love it. We listen to it instead of shutting it off because we love it. So what is gossip and why do we love it? Well, number one, let's start with a definition. If you're going to fight, you want to know your enemy. And if we're going to fight the sin of gossip, we need to know exactly what we are talking about. When exactly does small talk become sinful talk? When does an innocent conversation become sinful speech that dishonors our testimony and offends God? When do we go from something that's perhaps meaningless 
to something that Jesus died for. Don't you want to know what gossip is? You may find yourself thinking this during certain conversations. Should I be saying that? Should I be listening to someone else say that to me? You may even find yourself asking, what exactly makes gossip gossip? And it's with these details that we often create these small passes for ourselves, right? Well, I was just talking with a family member, so it's okay. It wasn't really gossip, I was just venting. I wouldn't say it was gossip. I, was, I just had to get that information off my chest. I couldn't keep it to myself. You know, I'm terrible at keeping secrets. Well, I had to let Pastor know, of course. There's all kinds of excuses we can use to make gossip seem more innocent than the Bible treats it. The Bible doesn't talk about gossip as innocent. As, as we're going to discover as we go through Proverbs, this is something that fools practice and wise people avoid. And by the way, wisdom in the book of Proverbs is not just characteristic of of smart people or intellectuals. Wisdom in Proverbs is tied into morality. It's God's people following God's will that are wise. And wise people avoid gossip where foolish people, sinful people, enter into it and let it be part of their lives. Now the hardest part about recognizing gossip is, of course, that it doesn't come with a warning label, right? (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if a sign like this would flash over the head of someone whenever they wanted to gossip to you. I mean, how many would we have seen as people were walking into church tonight? You you come up to someone, you're about to shake their hand, hey, it's good to see you, and all of a sudden, this comes on right over their head. Now, wouldn't that be amazing? Maybe. It could also be uncomfortable, right? It could be deeply uncomfortable if that was something that God, in his providence, decided to create this gossip warning sign. How often would that be going off over our heads? Probably more than we would care to admit. You see, if if something like that just makes us uncomfortable, then it probably means this is a sin that we are regularly committing, whether we had thought about it that way before or not. We could be with our friends, and the light comes on, the sign flashes, we could be at church, we could even be at work, saying something we probably shouldn't say. Now, these signs don't exist, so we're going to have to look to Scripture and ask for the Holy Spirit's help in identifying gossip. Now, here's where we're going to start. The Bible puts it this way. Proverbs 18.8, it's actually repeated in Proverbs 26.22. The Bible calls the words of a talebearer or a gossip wounds. And here's what it says about these wounds. It says they go down into the uttermost parts of the belly. Gossip gets swallowed up. It sinks in deep. It doesn't just pass us by. It becomes a part of us. We kind of absorb it, if you would. Here's a short biblical definition that we're going to look at tonight. And it's from a writer named Matthew Mitchell. He wrote a book called Resisting Gossip, which is where I got the idea for this series. He defines it this way. We're going to look at this definition and then break it apart into three chunks. Sinful gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back, out of a bad heart. Let me read it again. Sinful gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back, out of a bad heart. 
Now we're going to look at why we need each of those parts of the definition, but let's start here. Gossip is bearing bad news. Obviously, gossip is a talking thing. It's a speech kind of sin. And as we saw in our opening scripture, gossip has words. Gossip is sharing. It's communicating. It's telling stories. And it runs in two directions. It is both talking and listening. Proverbs 20.19 says this, He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets. Therefore, the wise man says, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. Now notice that there's two warnings here. There's a biblical warning against being a talebearer. That literally, the, the, the literal term is, is interesting to think about. What's a bearer of tales? Well, it's someone who's carrying around a story. Have you ever met someone that was carrying around a story that they probably shouldn't be carrying around? And it's like, almost like they're a public speaker making stops. They set up their, their podium. They want to share with you this story they've been carrying around. Maybe someone has been carrying around a story about you. That's a tale bearer, right? Another way to say a gossip. They carry around stories. But notice Solomon doesn't just say this is what a tale bearer does. He tells his readers, don't meddle with this kind of person. In other words, you have a moral responsibility not to listen. Now, it's sort of like insider trading on the stock market. You can get in trouble by sharing secrets about stocks you're not supposed to share. But did you know you can also get in trouble by listening to those and then acting on them? You can get in a lot of trouble uh, by doing that. I've never done it, obviously, but I know it's a thing. It's not just the speaker who can get in trouble, it's the listener. And that's how it works with gossip. You're not just at fault, biblically speaking, if you carry around stories you're not supposed to be carrying around, bearing tales. You're also at fault, and you're also failing to be the wise man or woman God wants you to be by listening to those, by entertaining those stories, by letting them enter in without stopping them. So listening to gossip is also condemned here. Listen to Proverbs 17.4. Solomon goes farther in this proverb. He says, A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. In other words, what you listen to, we could say broadly, what you listen to is an indicator of your own character. And the same is true with gossip. So there's not just a sinful desire to carry around bad news. There's also a sinful desire that can be at work in our hearts to crave that bad news to lean in and listen to that bad news, to sort of eat off of it. Sometimes even just receiving gossip without stopping the conversation is sinful. And this is what we're doing. Uh, Often when we're on social media, perhaps, you may not be sharing a lot of bad news with a bad heart. But it's possible that you're getting on there and just taking it all in, like going to a buffet, You see and read and hear all these negative things about people, and you're not going to share it. You're not going to comment on it. You're not going to make a YouTube video about it, but you're going to take it in because there's something perverse in our hearts that says we need that to feel better about ourselves. There's something satisfying to the wicked man to give in to that naughty tongue, to hear sinful speech, to hear gossip, is a craving of someone whose own heart has a problem. So there's not just the sinful desire to carry around bad news, there's the sinful desire to listen to the bad news. Now, of course, this isn't limited to talking. We have social media, 
text messages, emails, all kinds of ways to communicate, which means in this era of communication, that means a couple things. It means we have more and creative ways to edify other people and to share the gospel. But it also means that when it comes to the sins of our speech and sins of listening, and gossip is both a sin of speech and a sin of listening, with our technological age, there are more ways to participate in these kinds of sins, the, the sins of mouth and ear because of our advances and even the digital world. Proverbs ten nineteen says this, written thousands of years ago, but it's kind of appropriate, isn't it? In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. So sinful gossip may take place in a conversation. It could be a tap to call someone. It could be pressing send on that text. You know you probably shouldn't send because it's not your business and it's not their business, but you're going to send it anyway because you just want to see what's going to happen next. You want to know what their reaction is going to be. There's something that feels right about sending it. But that's what gossip involves, this bad news. Now, there's a a few kinds of of bad news. Three kinds I I want you to think about. Gossip involves being the bearer of bad news, but... What do I mean by bad news? Well, number one, bad news can be bad information. Bad information. This may be complete and outright lying, right? And and gossip, the naughty tongue in, in, in Proverbs 17 was compared to the lying tongue. So lying and gossip go hand in hand. And it turns out that you, if you have this kind of addiction to receiving bad news about other people and, and, and sending out bad news about other people, sometimes you're going to have also this accompanying sin. You'll have this desire to twist the truth. Because if you live off of bad news, if you live off of news that makes other people that you hate look bad, you're going to want to spin some of your own. These sins go together. So sometimes this bad information is something that you are sharing or saying that you know is a lie. But that's not the only kind of bad information. There's another kind of bad information. And that's information that we just don't know about. But we go ahead and spread it anyway. Now if you're a Christian on social media, this statement should bother you. This is big, if true. You ever seen that? Now, the person will say, often a political commentator, I'm not claiming this is true, but if it's true, this is a big deal. And they they say that as a caveat to evade responsibility. And they have like five million followers, right? That's kind of an impactful thing to do about something you don't know whether or not it's true. But that's one way to spread bad information. And so people do this, Christians will do this on Facebook, They'll share something and they'll say, I've not looked into this, but man, this is really interesting and it's something negative about somebody else. Or we do this in private conversations. We do it in private conversations. You're on your phone or you're texting and you're, or you're talking to someone in person and you say, now I heard, somebody told me, and I'm, I've not verified it, but somebody told me, and then you share the bad news. Now to be fair to you, You don't know for sure that you're lying, but you're less interested in researching it than in making someone else look bad. Making other people look bad for you is way more interesting than research, because research is boring, right? And if you can make someone have a bad opinion about somebody else, well, that just is much more appealing to the gossiping person. So bad information 
can be lying or it can just be the big if true kind of things. Things that we share and we tell as if they're facts without really knowing if they're facts or not. A second kind of bad news is bad news about someone. Bad news about someone. This is talking about bad things that have happened to people to make them look bad or put them in a negative light. Now, our environment is really, uh, it really works well with this, right? Um, you have gossip columns. I mean, that's an actual, they named an industry after a sin in the Bible, right? And Christians read it. <laughs> and I've read it. And, and the gossip column, you know, is this, it's not just sharing positive things about people, is it? sharing negative things about people, bad news about someone. So after you read it or after you hear it or after you talk about it, you have a worse view of that person. Proverbs eleven thirteen speaks to this. A talebearer revealeth secrets, but he that is of a faithful spirit concealeth the matter. Now you may, you may have said in the past as a defense, I'm just not good at keeping secrets. You've just entered onto moral territory. This isn't personality territory. Whether or not you keep secrets is a right or wrong kind of thing, a good and evil kind of thing, a wise man, foolish man kind of thing, according to Scripture. It's not personality at all. A secret here is a skeleton in someone's closet that really did not need to get out and should not have gotten out. Now, there are skeletons that should get out. We'll talk about those clarifiers in a moment. So let's say your friend does something shameful. You, you found out about it, and your immediate circle of friends really don't have a need to find out about it, right? There's a lot of examples of this. One would be um, an early stage in the Matthew 18 process of restoration. And we just hit on this with uh, Pastor Tyler's message on peacemaking. Now, if someone is in an open sin and they're completely unrepentant and they don't want reconciliation, eventually the church finds out, right? But eventually... Eventually. Now, we, when, we often, when we look at Matthew 18, we often think about that third part of the restoration process that is bringing it to the church's attention. But there's two very big steps before that. And the, the first step involves just you, unless it's something legal, just you and the offender and literally no one else. And there is to be time and discernment and wisdom implied in that before you move to step number two. But even step number two, you're just telling one person. Now, why does Jesus create this process for us? Well, uh, Jesus did not want his church and the people in his church to find out about something and then respond by telling as many people as possible. Because it turns out, if you know about anything about restoration, that's not really conducive to restoration. Smearing somebody's name, making it nearly impossible for them to be restored back in the church, making forgiveness and reconciliation harder than it needs to be is not Jesus' plan for how his people live in community. So you go to the person yourself, you give it some time, and if there's no repentance, eventually you just bring one other person. Jesus gives us this process to gossip-proof the church. But often, often, friends, when we do have an offense or we know about something that's been done that is shameful in another person's life, they will be the only person that you don't talk to about it. Instead, you'll talk to everyone else. Now, you're, that's not just a bad reading of Matthew 18. 
you know what Jesus says in Matthew 18, and you're literally doing the exact opposite. I mean, it's like you're disobeying on purpose. <laughs> Why do we do that? Well, we do it because, as we're gonna find out, we do it because of our hearts. But this is, this is bad news about someone. Bad news about someone. Now, I, I wanna tell you something. Just because you know something shameful in someone else's life does not mean you have to tell, tell all your friends about it. Now, if you don't get anything else out of the session, out of this message, get that. Just because you know something shameful that's happened in someone else's life does not mean all your friends or even all your close friends need to know about it. They may not need to know. In fact, in a lot of circumstances, it's probably better for them and the, the person that's done it if they don't know. That's the wisdom Jesus has given us in his instructions in, in Matthew 18. So it's, it can be bad news. And this, by the way, doesn't just apply to the church, although that's how I uh, am applying it primarily. It also applies in your family and your work. Bad news about someone. It's also this. Bad news can be bad news for someone. Bad news for someone. Gossip isn't always about bad things people do. Sometimes our gossip is about bad things that have happened to people that we find some sort of joy in sharing. Maybe you've had this happen to you, where people are talking about you. You become an interesting topic of conversation because something bad is happening to you. Did you hear that this guy is going to lose his job? Did you hear that they're going to default on their mortgage? I heard it's because of all this credit card debt. And you know the kind of clothes that they buy. I mean, it goes to show you. Now, what's happening there? What's happening there? Well, with the gossiping heart comes this desire to be happy in bad things happening to other people. Now, we would never say it like that when we're in one of those conversations, but that's just how twisted and perverse this sin is. That's what's going on. It's not just the sins of other people, the shameful things they've, they've done that can be the subject of gossip, but something bad happening to someone else. Hey, did you hear their marriage is having trouble? Why do you think it is? Well, I've got my guesses. What are your guesses? Well, here are my top seven guesses. Well, here are my top eight guesses. Now, you can cloak that in all kinds of language. You can say you care about them or you're praying for them. But listen, when you have those kinds of conversations, your motives are not pure. You're just delighting in sharing bad news for someone. Something bad is happening to someone else, and instead of thinking, what can I do for them, you're thinking, how can I make this the topic of my next conversation? There's something really wrong inside of us when we want others to either fail or to be hurt. So gossip is bad news, but gossip isn't just bearing bad news. As we're going to think about this tonight, sometimes you have to share bad news, right? Gossip has another part, and that's part two of the definition. It's doing it behind someone's back. Sinful gossip is bearing bad news behind someone's back. Proverbs 16.28 again calls the gossip a whisperer. A whisperer. Because a lot of times gossip, gossip itself, is avoiding the person that it's about and instead exploiting them and turning them into a conversation piece for other people. Gossip then often involves literal or metaphorical whispering. We don't want them to know that we're talking about them. You see, it's much more interesting for sinful hearts, and actually much easier to talk about someone when they're not around. Now, how do I know, David, if this is behind someone's back in a bad way? Well, here's some questions to ask. 
And I think they're in your handout. Would I say this if he were here? Would I say this if he were here? Would I, if I'm listening, if I'm more of a listening gossip, I don't start a lot of bad news, but I like it. Would I receive this bad news in the same way if this person were present? Ask this about your, about your talk. Am I hiding this conversation out of a sense of guilt? Would I be terrified if I found out my phone was on and calling somebody? Would I want someone else to talk this way about me? Now, I, I want to clear up just a possible misunderstanding as we talk about gossip behind people's back. The Bible does not teach we can never talk about people who are not present, right? And there's a couple of ways that's true. Sometimes uh, we have to talk about people when they're not present. Number one, it, to, to compliment them or to say good things about them, right? There's nothing wrong with that, saying something positive behind someone's back. But it's really more than that. Sometimes there are just neutral facts we have to say about people. So, and they're not right or wrong. We're not condemning or complimenting. It's just the way it is. If somebody in, in the back asks me, hey, is, is Rick Potts here? And I say, yes. He, some of you thought I was going to make that a joke, but I'm not. And I say, yes, he is. Well, that's not bad news. And it's not, it's not good news, is it? Well, just kidding. But it's just a neutral fact. We share neutral facts about people all the time. It is good news that Rick Potts is here. I'm glad he's here tonight. And by the way, there's a whole other category that we could talk about, but Romans, Romans 13 talks about the legitimate use of government, right? So when something is illegal, um, being, uh, having guilt about gossip is actually a tool of Satan. There are some times when we need to report people and things if they're hurting other people. Listen, if somebody, if somebody is abusing someone or they have abused you and you fail to report that to the authorities, you're actually failing to love your neighbor because you're creating more victims. And that's kind of your fault. So there are situations where we have to talk about people behind their back, even in a negative way. Well, then how do we know if it's gossip? Well, here's our third part of the definition. Out of a bad heart. Out of a bad heart. This is an important factor in the definition. Bearing bad news behind someone's back, but here's the key. Out of a bad heart. At the end of the day, what makes gossip sinful and not just talk is what's going on in our hearts, isn't it? That's why we are told in Proverbs 4.23 to guard our hearts, to keep it. And there's two ways to read that. Uh, you could say you, you need to keep your heart as in you need to keep bad influences from coming into it. But another way to think about that verse is to say we need to uh, kind of have guards stationed on the outside to watch what may come out of it. That's kind of the more pessimistic reading, but it seems to align a lot with what Jesus actually taught. And it could be that both are true. We need to be careful what comes in and what goes out, don't we? And this certainly applies to gossip. Our motives, when it comes to gossip, like any other sin, come from our hearts. Our sinful motivations for speaking bad news about others that we shouldn't be speaking or listening and taking in bad news about others that we have no business listening to and no business taking in come from hearts that are corrupted by sin. Okay, David, well, how do I know if my heart is bad? That can be a little bit difficult to see, isn't it? I mean, again, we don't have the signs above our heads. We don't. 
Well, here are some questions to help you test your heart. When you start to feel guilty about saying something or listening to something, here are some questions. Why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? Why am I listening to this person share this bad news with me? Why haven't I stopped and told them, hey, let's, let's not talk about this? That's one of the questions that's going to be in our personal assessment. But how often, how often do you have to interrupt people in conversations and tell them, you know what, I don't feel comfortable talking about this without them present? Now, if we never do that, that's not a good sign. Because one of two possibilities exist. If you, never have, if you never ever have to interrupt another person, either at work or at church or just maybe one of your friends, if you never have to interrupt them and tell them, I don't think we should really talk about this, there's only two possibilities. Number one, you do not know anyone who practices sinful gossip, right? That's one possibility. You've never had to interrupt them because it's never been a temptation. No one's ever gossiped to you. Well, the second possibility is more likely. And that is that you're listening to gossip without ever shutting it off. If we never have to interrupt people and tell them that conversation is off limits, that person is off limits, I don't need to know about this, it's none of my business, and it's none of your business, if we never have to make those interruptions, friend, it's not because none of our friends gossip. It's more than likely because we're taking in a lot of gossip and just not recognizing it. And we're letting it seep into our hearts. It's sinking in, as Proverbs 18.8 says, that it would. So why am I saying this? Why am I listening to this? You could ask this question, why am I attracted to this bad news? Why does it seem like all of a sudden I just have to have this? Here's, here's another question to ask when you're in one of these conversations, either on the listening end or the speaking end. You should ask this, friend. Does this make me feel better about myself? Does it make me feel better about myself? Gossip is spoken from and heard by bad hearts. And that really gets into us into our next question and our last question. And I hope you're in Matthew 12. Why do we love it? We know what it is, bearing bad news behind someone's back out of a bad heart. But we only do things that we love, so why do we love something so ugly, something so offensive to God, and something so harmful to others and ourselves as gossip? What, what is the attraction here? Well, there's a simple and profound answer. We love gossip because we love stories and because we love bad stories. As Christians, we know why we love stories. Uh, if, you, if you know the gospel, you know that we're in a story, right? God created the world. We have decided to be independent of God and practice sin and messed everything up, so the world has fallen. But Jesus came to save us. The world has a redeemer. And one day, Jesus' work of salvation will be finished, and that's consummation. That's the beginning and ending of this great story that you and I are in. So being a Christian, we recognize that we are in a story. We love stories. And our own lives are smaller stories. We have a beginning, a middle, and an end. From birth to death. Every gravestone tells a story with a, an early date, and a late date, when they were born and when they died. That's why we love stories. The Bible is a story. From dust in Genesis to glory in Revelation, the Bible is a story. But here's the thing, because we're sinful, we also love bad stories. 
We love sharing and listening to things that are evil. Remember the first temptation in the garden? In the very first temptation in the garden, Satan himself suggests a bad story. Did God really say you can't do whatever you want in the garden? Implying a lot of things. Implying, number one, that God has no right to say that. And number two, that God probably doesn't have your best interest at heart. Maybe if you decided to be your own person, maybe if you decided what's good and what's evil, that that would lead to a better story. Satan first introduced our original parents to sin by telling them a bad story. And so in our sinful hearts, there's something in them, even though we're saved and our hearts are being new, there's some residu- something residually sinful in them that makes us attracted to bad stories. So you're in Matthew chapter 12 there, 2,000 years ago, the Pharisees were gossiping about Jesus and their accusations were bad words if there ever were any. This is bad news, very bad news, and it was a lie. Here's what Jesus says. Here's, here's how Jesus responds in Matthew chapter 12, beginning in verse 33. Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Some harsh words from Jesus. But I want to call your attention to what he says here about this tree. We call it the principle of overflow. We gossip or listen to gossip, because bad words overflow from bad hearts. If you see fruit coming out of a tree, you know where it came from. It came from the tree. What what kind of tree it was and what was in the tree determines what shows up on the branches. And so it is with us and our sins of speech. When we gossip and when we listen to gossip from others, it's the overflow of of our hearts. We want and desire and crave bad stories about other people because, well, because of our sinful hearts, like Jesus said. And here's the thing. The thoughts that we harbor and the sins that we harbor in our hearts, in the core of who we are, will eventually become the fruit that comes out in our speech. What we say is an indicator of who we are. And eventually, who we are will come out through what we say, and we could also say through what we listen to, through what we crave, through what we want to be told. Healthy trees lead to healthy fruit. Unhealthy trees lead to unhealthy fruit. And this is true for believers, even with new hearts, because, like I said, of the indwelling sin that remains within us that we're always having to go to war against. Now, I want you to think about as we looked at this definition of gossip, I want you to think about what gossip is in light of who we are called to be as Christians. Because more than being wrong, and gossip is wrong, and more than being unhealthy, and gossip is unhealthy, and more than hurting other people, and it does hurt other people, gossip is the Christian life lived in reverse. 
Think about it, think about it this way. Why do we exist as Christians? Well, our, our purpose is to know Christ. We know God through Christ. All right, what's our mission as Christians? To make Christ known, right? The, the way we say it in our mission statement is that we exist to help people find and follow Jesus. You know what that means? It means that our greatest mission, your greatest mission in life, and this doesn't depend on whether you are officially in ministry or whether you're a preacher, to be a Christian means the greatest purpose for why you're on this earth is first to know Jesus and then to make him known. How do you do that? By bearing the good news to people's face out of a good heart. Do you see how gossip is the exact opposite of what we're called to do? Gossip is bearing bad news behind people's back, out of a bad heart. And yet evangelism itself, it's like the total opposite. Instead, we are to be tail bearers, but we're carrying around a different story. The story that our lives are built around is not which celebrity got divorced last week and which Christian in the church made a big embarrassing mistake and who is struggling in this area or who is struggling with their kids. No, the story that our lives are to be built around is the good news that Jesus has come to save us. And we're to spend our time and our energy figuring out how can I get this story to as many people in my circle of influence as possible with a good heart. Gossip is so satanic, not just because it's something that God condemns, but because it's the opposite of what God commands. Do you see it? Those, those believers whose lives are consumed with gossip have everything backwards. The stuff that you're craving, the stuff that you, need, that you feel like you need, the stuff that you're feeding on is precisely the opposite of what Jesus has called you and I to do as his followers. We're not called to, to bear bad news. We are called to bear good news. We're not called to do it behind people's back, backs. We're called to do it to their face and we're to do it out of a good heart, not out of an evil heart because we want as many people as possible to find Jesus like we found him. So where do we go from here? Well, thankfully, God is in the business of changing hearts. And so it is with you and I. Now, in just a moment, we're going to have an invitation. If you'd like to come pray, you can do that. But I, I want to suggest that toward the end of your handout, you have uh, five questions. I want you to take your time and not rush through those. And be honest, even if you have to tear it up and throw it away afterward because you don't want your spouse to see it. I want you to be honest. That's what I want you to do during the invitation. And after you get done with that assessment, if you want to pray and talk to God over, over your handout, then that's, that's just fine. But I want to give you some time to fill that out and let God show you how he wants to change your heart in this matter of gossip. Let's all stand. Father,